Good morning, everybody. You guessed it. Two peas on the pod podcast coming at you this morning. Hope you're having a good day. It is a rainy, nasty, muddy, but not too, not feeling too bad outside today in southwest Arkansas. We are in Falk, Arkansas here today, and we have got a special guest with us. You probably read it in the title. Pastor Dennis Heath of the House of Prayer in Texarkana, Arkansas. And we are down here interviewing him today. He's going to be with us over the next few episodes, having an awesome topic with us here today. But we're going to just jump right into it because we got plenty of material. And uh, so, Brother Dennis, we have been friends for it. I don't know how long. Oh, too long to even remember. We've been friends a long, long time. You was preaching youth camps when I was a youngin'. And uh, so I'll be 31 here in just a few weeks. I'll be 31 by the time this comes out. And uh, so we're talking 16, 17 years ago. <laughs> you know you're getting old when you start talking about things that are 20, 30 years out, and that's where I'm at now. So yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> yeah. So you pastor the House of Prayer in Texarkana. Yes, sir. Been there uh, 11 years now. 11 years now. So you said the other night when we was with you, you have pastored longer then you evangelized. Yes, sir. Ten and a half years of evangelizing, now 11 and a half years of pastoring, and I know less about it now than when I started. <laughs> so. I don't guess you ever just know how to do how to do stuff. Uh, no, <laughs> when it comes to people, it's going to change. Well, and we live in such crazy times. People are doing things that are just downright crazy at times. Yes, so. yes sir. So let's just start kind of from the beginning. Um, you're you're not from South Arkansas. No, sir. I was born and raised in Granite City, Illinois. And then, uh, of course, after I got out of high school, went to Bible school for a year at OBI, and then left there after a year and started youth pastoring for David Brim. Youth pastored for him a year while I was there. I married my sweetheart and uh, went to the highway then after that for a little while and evangelized for 10 and a half years. So. And so your wife is from God's country. Yes, she's a, she is a, she is from Ohio, and I uh, I claim that as part of my heritage as well now. Yeah, so. yeah, you're well known around Ohio, and yes, that's sir. anybody that knows me knows that's where I'm from. So yes, sir, it's a good reason why we've been friends a long time. Yes, sir. So, so you see, I'm trying to remember. I remember growing up, you you the youth camps that I remember, Bond Youth Camp and yes, uh, Route Four Youth Camp, and different ones through the years and of course youth conference and we just seen you seen you everywhere yes sir i uh, i it's been 20 years now since i preached my first youth camp so uh, some of the kids that i started preaching youth camps to are now sending their kids to youth camps so yep. that makes you feel real old <laughs> so oh. so i i remember hearing uh i know your wife's not here but i did want to mention this on the podcast i did make a mental note of that um that your wife they was raised in Middletown. Right. And maybe you could just tell us a snippet of her story right there, how she got in church, because I, I think that's a great story. Yeah, she, uh, she, uh, neither one of her parents were saved. And uh, one day, one Saturday, there was some people from the Middletown church there, a full gospel uh, tabernacle. That, uh, that's the church where, like, um, Gene Huff came out of, Brother Collins pastored there years ago. Uh, Jerry Back and all them, they uh, they uh, had a bus ministry, and on a Saturday they came and asked my mother-in-law if she had any children that she'd like to send on the bus, 
And so she agreed. My brother-in-law was seven and my, do- my wife was two, which it seems awful young to send a, ba- a child yeah. to Sunday school. Right. But uh, on Sunday when the bus pulled up, Brother Bill Johnson, that pastored Indiana for years there at uh, Hilltop in Bedford, he, uh, he was just a new convert at the time, just, just started getting in church good, got saved, and was driving the bus. And he actually is the one that stepped off the bus and picked my wife up and carried her onto the bus the first time she went to church. Wow. And so that continued for about five years. My mother-in-law just going to church with uh, her kids on Easter and Christmas and Mother's Day. And then after five years, she got saved. And so my mother-in-law started taking her kids to church. My brother-in-law stayed with it till he got into his teenage years, and then he got out and never been back in church since. My father-in-law actually has passed away now, as well as my mother-in-law, but he never did really get saved. Uh, only we, we do know that uh, Brother Randy Webb stopped by one time and prayed with him right before he, not long before he died, and that's the, that's the hope that we have, that, uh, that he made it right in that moment. But... Uh, she got saved, my wife did, and, and then one of the cool things is that she came to Granite City uh, camp meeting with her pastor one year when she was 13, and she got the baptism of the Holy Ghost at Granite City camp meeting where I grew up at, long mm-hmm. before we knew each other was even in the world. Wow. So, uh, it, uh, yeah, it's just a kind of a cool little thing how God put all that together. Yeah, so. when I heard that story for the first time, I thought, you know what, it's hard. Knocking on doors is a hard thing. And it, a lot of time, I mean, I've done it. A lot of us have done it. Mm-hmm. And it looks like you're wasting your time. They're not coming. Right. You, get, you might get a door slammed in your face. And, no, you know, seems like you hand out revival flyers. Um, we preached somewhere one time, and they handed out like 600 flyers for revival mm-hmm. in their community. And I don't think anybody came to that revival. Yeah. And so it almost looks like you're just wasting your time sometimes. Yeah. But that one that that family was changed. Right. That family was changed in two pastors wives or two preachers wives i'm sorry yeah came out of that right well sometimes sometimes especially with bus ministry it seems like it's a whole lot of labor and work and little fruit and so it gets very discouraging so it takes a real burden to stick with it the other thing about that is i remember when i first took the church here kevin lloyd told me uh he said you don't always reap where you sow but you always reap what you sow and so even though when you're going out and evangelizing, knocking on doors, things like that, and it doesn't seem like you're getting any instant fruit, and that's, that's what we look for. We want to see yeah. instant results. You've got to just remember the scripture, be not weary and well-doing, for in due season you'll reap if you faint not. So That's a great story. And so you all, you all so when about did you all start uh, <laughs> well, each other. There's a there's a real funny story that we can tell about this, but uh, we we kind of became don't get in trouble now, Sister uh, Lynn's not here. <laughs> no, she's she knows me. She uh, she knows sometimes <laughs> I'm real free with this kind of information. But uh, I uh, we we got to be friends. Just uh, she came to youth camp a lot with Brother Dave and Sister Ruth, and was a counselor for them. And so we got to be friends at youth camp. But uh, I, it's kind of funny. The, I actually asked her to marry her, marry me before we ever even started dating. We were at some friend's house when she was visiting at the OBI for an event. And uh, <laughs> long story short, it's kind of a dare, but I about got down on my knee and asked her to marry me right there in the kitchen. And she, she didn't say no. She said, maybe. 
<laughs> and so I thought, hey, this there may be something to this. Yeah. And uh, later on in that same weekend, I didn't have any money. There was a guy in my church that was really interested in her and was hounding her. And so I kind of sat beside her to be a buffer from him. And uh, But I was broke. I was a Bible school student. I didn't have nothing. I didn't even have a quarter. And so uh, I ordered water. And we were good enough friends that she said, you're broke, aren't you? And I said, <laughs> yeah, I am. And she said, well, if go ahead. I'll, I'll buy it. I'll get you food. And I said, you're not buying my food. And she said, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah we're friends. Dude. I'll buy your food. And I said, oh, well, on one condition, you let me pay you back whenever we get to Ohio this summer on summer tour. And so she did. She bought my food the first time <laughs> there at a Shoney's in Neosho, Missouri. And then whenever we came to Ohio that summer, we were in youth camp together. Anyway, long story short, we, we started dating that summer then officially. So that's how it all got started. So, so make, make her buy your meal, and good things will happen <laughs> yeah. after that. Well, yeah, you better be good friends if yeah. you know, that stuff like that's going to get going on. So. so you all got married, and you've got two children. Yes, sir. Devin is 15, and Dara is 14. So. Good children. They love God. I watch. Uh, I love watching Brother Devin. Uh, he is up on the drums, so he's always in my in my in my side. I love. He just loves the Lord and oh, yeah. gets in. Yeah, Man, if you ever listen awesome. to the House of Prayer on Mixler, and whenever you hear the drums go silent in the in the singing, you know he's running the aisles right then. He's always yeah, he does. sitting on go. So yeah, he does. Yeah. We we always appreciate coming to the House of Prayer. You all have treated us wonderful over well, the years. Oh, we appreciate Wonderful. you guys. You all have been doing a great job evangelizing. And I, I want to say this. I, I'm excited about being here on this podcast today. I really appreciate you asking me to come. Well, we're glad, we're glad to have you. And we're going to address a topic today that is near and dear to both of our hearts. I guess it should be near and dear to everybody's heart. But, <laughs> <That's true. laughs> and, uh, but, but a great topic and one that is very, uh, uh, I don't know how to say it, one that, that comes up a lot in my ministry, and I know yours as well, and uh, preaching to young folks especially is a topic. This is a topic that I just absolutely love right. when the Lord gives you the green light to, to go. So uh, people probably already seen seen in the title and kind of give them a clue what we going to talk about. Right. But we're going to talk about, I guess, the Holy Ghost mm-hmm. in the next several episodes, but we're, we're going to talk about different different aspects and um, yes, sir. different areas of the Holy Ghost. But why don't you just start out with this? I guess we're going to talk about the pattern of the Holy Ghost altogether. Right. And, uh, but you've got it broke down here into, into several parts. So, yeah, uh, this, this is a sermon series that I did at the House of Prayer. I've actually, and just full disclaimer, I've done it a couple different times already in the last couple of years because I really feel like the, the message of Pentecost is something that is critical and crucial for us in this hour. And I really, yes. through the pandemic and the shutdown, all that went on, uh, and everything that's happened since then, it's just been the burden of my heart and our church to really push for Pentecost and the power of Pentecost because we're living in, a, in such critical times with so many things going on around us that uh, in order for our message, I, I'm a holiness preacher, but in order for our message of holiness to have credibility and relevance, it's got to be it's got to be linked up with the power of Pentecost. And 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 the only way we're going to be relevant in this generation to the needs of this of this time is we've got to have the power of God working in us. And so I spent a lot of time at my church preaching about Pentecost and the power of Pentecost. And this was a little sermon series 
where I talked about the pattern of Pentecost. And so the, the idea behind this uh, episode, episodes that we're doing um, before you get started is back in the spring, yes, I was um, getting ready to start a revival in Ohio. We had just got into the area, and you were preaching a, a three-night revival, I think, Yes, sir. Um, for Brother Todd Hatcher, who's been on here many times. He's not a stranger to the podcast. Right. And, uh, and so I made my way over there on Friday night. We didn't start till the next week. And so I made my way over there Friday night. I hadn't heard, heard you in years. You know, you've been all the way down here in Arkansas, and then when you preach for somebody, you don't get to hear them. Right. And uh, so I hadn't heard you in years. So I wanted to, I definitely wanted to make my way over there. So me and my daughter um, came that night, and you preached one of those messages, and it was, it was just powerful. And I thought, if I could just get, because I know you had talked to me already mm-hmm. about having a, a series on this, and I thought, if I could get that on the podcast, I really felt like I could help somebody. Well, I'm glad to be here to do it. I, uh, I really believe it's time for the church to be the church. We, and, and in order for us to be the church God wants us to be, especially among our young people, we, we, need, we need the power of the Holy Ghost working in our lives. And uh, we need the influence of the Holy Ghost in our services. That's, that's evident when we come to church. I don't know about you, but I can't stand dead, dry church. I, I, yeah. like, to, I like for it to be <laughs> right. alive. I want the gifts know? to be active that's in the church. That's right. But in order for the church to be the church, we've got to have the influence of the Spirit in the services, the influence of the Holy Ghost. But we've got to have the infilling of the Holy Ghost in our, in our souls. That's, the church is not going to be full of the Holy Ghost if we are individually not full of the Holy right. Ghost. And so when you look at the pattern that was set forth in the book of Acts and the insights that we have from the epistles in the New Testament we, we see a church that is alive with Pentecost, and I believe that's still the will of God for us today to be alive with Pentecost. Now, when it comes to Pentecost and, and the experience, we're going we're gonna to go through this, in, in Lord willing, but uh, the fundamental doctrines of our faith are under attack, and one of those doctrines is the doctrine of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Right. And so that's the reason why I felt uh, the need to deal with this at our church. And so there's three things that I, I don't want to, I, I like to try to cover with you if we can. Number one is the Holy Ghost explained. Number two, the Holy Ghost evidence. And then third of the Holy Ghost experience. Okay. And so uh, when you, when you get to looking at that, the, the Holy Ghost explaining the Holy Ghost you got to. I read this one time, brother Austin. I thought this was great. It said the greatest promise of God to the church is John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. We all know that. That's the greatest promise of God to the world. Rather, I think I said that wrong first. But the greatest promise of God to the church is Acts one and eight. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And so the baptism of the Holy Ghost is the secret of the church's power. We've got to have that experience in our life for the church to have the power working in it that we, we need. There's nothing that ensures the success of the gospel and gospel right. preaching more than the power of the Holy Ghost. And this is a Pentecostal holiness podcast. Yes. We've said that from the very get-go. Right. Of this podcast. And so we believe not and 
that part right there aggravates me sometimes because it's not that we just believe it. It's what the Bible teaches, yes. and that's why we believe it. This is not just an emotional experience, but this is an experience that's based on sound scriptural doctrine. Yes. There's, there's evidence all through the New Testament, and we'll even get to a place in the Old Testament where we see that this, this experience is represented. And so a lot of times, we, why do we call it the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Why do we use that term? Uh, it's really the scriptural name for the experience that, that we see poured out upon the people of God in the book of Acts. Uh, there's some explicit language used in some key verses in the New Testament uh, concerning this. One of those is Matthew chapter 3, verse number 11. Where, where John the Baptist and his prophecy and him speaking of the Messiah of Christ, he said, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He used that term baptize. Mark 1 and 8 again, he said, I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Then we get to Acts chapter 1 verse 5, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized, this is Christ speaking, with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. So three different times there it's referred to as a baptism. I, I was in a camp meeting a few weeks ago with Brother Shoecraft, and uh, he, he was preaching about the baptism of the Spirit. And I loved what he said. He said, when you baptize in water, it means to immerse, completely submerge. Right. But when you're being baptized in water, you're, you're being baptized and you're surrounded by water. It's all around you, over you, side beside you, under everywhere. You're surrounded in that. The difference between water baptism and spirit baptism is not only are you surrounded, your entire atmosphere is saturated with the power of the Holy Ghost, but you are submerged, you are filled within as well. It's not just all around you. He baptizes you within, and so it's on inside you, on the outside of you. And so that's, that's a real good picture of what the baptism of the Spirit is. We get in services where the Holy Ghost is all around us, but we've got to allow the Holy Ghost to get in us. Right. I, w I was at the fire conference this year, and there was a young man I was praying with, and he came from a situation without getting into all of it where he, uh, he didn't know anything about Pentecost. He didn't really know anything about holiness. And he came, he came, he was sent with another group that wasn't even his home church, and he's there in the altar at the fire conference on Friday night, and he's up there and he is worshiping. I mean, the Holy Ghost is moving on him, but he don't even know what it is. He's just, he's jumping up and down. He's so excited. And knowing his situation, I went over and began to pray with him. And I told him, and I called him by name, and I said, the Holy Ghost is all over you. I said, if you'll open up your mouth and worship and yield to the Lord, that what's on the outside of you, what's moving on the outside of you, wants to get in on the inside and worship out of you. And uh, he lifted his hands and began to worship God and instantly began to speak in tongues, filled with the Holy Ghost. Wow. He didn't even know what it was afterward. I said, what did God do for you? He said, I don't know, but it's the best thing I've ever experienced in my <laughs> life. He didn't even know what it was, but God moved on him. That's, that's what it really means to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. And so that, that's, that's why we call it the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The, the, nature, the nature of this experience, is a, it's a definite experience. It's something that is subsequent after salvation. 
The third person of the Godhead comes upon the believer to anoint us and energize us for uh, for special service. It's not just a definite experience, but it's the promise of the Father. Man, what what a promise! There's all kinds of promises in the Bible, yeah. but the Holy Ghost is not just a promise. The Holy Ghost is the promise. Jesus said, "Tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high." For the promise, well, let me. I'm getting that scripture messed up. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. I send the promise, not a promise, but the promise of the Father. He quotes it again in Acts 1 and 4, where he said, wait for the promise of the Father. If, you are been, if you've got a desire for the Holy Ghost and you've been seeking after God and you're beginning to doubt, is this experience for me? i got news for you. This experience is for you because yes. it is the promise of the Father to you. Don't doubt. Don't let the devil doubt, cause you to doubt whether or not the Holy Ghost is for you. If you're a child of God, believe in Jesus, loving God, doing your best to live a sanctified life, I got news for you. The Holy Ghost is for it you. Was pro- uh, it was Peter that said, the promise yes, sir. is unto you yes. and your children. Yeah, that's that's one of the scriptures yeah. that I had wrote down here. It's the, it's the promise for you, for you, not just you, but for them that are that come after you, for, yeah. you, for your children and those that are far off. Amen. The Holy Ghost is for us. It's not something that was just given to the church right. and or the early apostles. And I may mention this again in, in, in another session. There's no expiration date on the Holy Ghost. Some, some modern uh, movements of today and doctrines will, will just relegate the Holy Ghost and the movement right. of the Spirit to something that was something in the past that, uh, that went out with the early church or with the, the church fathers. But I want to tell you, God didn't invest the Holy Ghost into the apostles. He invested into the church. Yeah, I read after a Baptist pastor on a commentary pretty well-known Baptist pastor in the country, and he said that the Holy Ghost, he, he acknowledged that they, I mean, you can't deny it. They was filled with the Holy Ghost. They spoke in other tongues. He said, mm-hmm. but that was given at the time that the birth of the church for the church to be established. But he said, and I remember the quote, I quoted him there. I've preached it. He said, but the gifts of the gift of the Holy Ghost and the gifts of the Holy Ghost are not needed today, oh. is what he said. Well, I want to tell you something. If God intended for us to have it, if he gave it to the early church, why why wouldn't we still need that in this generation? What was so special? I realize they say, well, in order for the church to be established, God did those signs and wonders to establish that. Well, the kingdom of God is still being built. The church is still being established. I'm not saying that the church is a weak and frail, right. but it's being established in the hearts of people all the time. And so if the kingdom of God is still being established, then the work of the Spirit and the move of God that we see in the book of Acts is still for this generation because we are part of the church. He invested in the Holy Ghost. He sent the Holy Ghost to make up a bride for Christ. Yeah. And we're living in challenging times. And there's just a natural... As long as there's a bride, yes, there's the Holy Ghost. Right. That's exactly right. As long as the church is here. As long as the church is here, the Holy Ghost is going to be here making up a bride. Kind of like that servant that Abraham sent out to find a bride for Isaac. Right. Eliezer. He, that, that is a type of the yes, Holy Ghost. Is. That's the work he's doing in this generation, making up a bride for, the, for Christ and the bridegroom redeemer. I'm glad to be a part of that. 
Yes. And I'm telling you, when you, that's why we need the power of the Holy mm-hmm. Ghost work in our life because He's making us a part of the bride. Praise God. All right. The necessity. Let me let me say this. I don't want to miss this because the Holy Ghost is a gift. It's not. It's not earned. It's not something that we can earn. It's something that's given to us. In in Acts two and, and thirty eight. Let me. If you don't mind, I'm going to get that scripture real quick here. Acts 2 and 38, it says this. Let me find it. Praise God. There it is. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one in the name of Jesus Christ for the mission of sin. Now, some folks don't like reading that scripture because it's the scripture. Acts yeah. 2 and 38. Well, that's the. You see that, that on a lot of oneness fans. Oh, yeah. Hey, I, I'm going to tell you something. You go to an apostolic church. And I, I went one time when I was a teenager. They're not, they don't even quote the scripture. They'll just get up and shout, Acts 2.38, Acts 2.38. <laughs> uh, and so a lot of Trinity folks are afraid to even read the scripture out loud and quote it because they're afraid that somebody's going to think, well, I'm going to tell you, it's the Bible. I ain't scared of that. Yeah. There's, there's, all you got to do is, is just interpret it right. But it said, Repent and be baptized, everyone, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is a gift. And and again in, in chapter thirty two, uh, or I'm sorry, verse thirty two of chapter five, and we are his witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey Him. And so we see that the Holy Ghost it's not earned, it's not merited, it is a gift. And man, I tell you what, I like getting gifts. I like giving gifts. That's important. But I like receiving gifts. And the gift of the Holy Ghost is for every child of God today. You young people that are listening to me, you need to desire the gift of the Spirit working in your life. Not only is it a gift, but Brother Austin, I really believe that it is a command of the Lord. Now, I'm not a Holy Ghost or nothing preacher, but I really believe that we uh, do ourselves a disservice by relegating the Holy Ghost to something that is optional, that just take it or leave it. You can, have, you can be saved and, and not have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I believe that. But I tell you what, I think every saved child of God ought to have a desire for the baptism because it is commanded of the Lord. Again, Acts 1 and 4, he said, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them, the Bible says, that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. Again, in Acts 5 and 32 that I just read to you, it talked about, and we are his witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. That's, that's again, obeying him, following after that. But then in Acts 5 and, or Ephesians 5 and 18, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. How many believes that's, that, that is a command? Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. We're not supposed to be going and getting drunk. But coupled with that, he said, but be filled with the Spirit. There's two commands there. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. I believe it's not just God's desire. I believe it's God's will for you to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost in your right. life. It's not something that's left to our opinion, but it's something that is commanded by God for us to be filled. And so you say, well, Brother Dennis, I don't have the Holy Ghost. Does that mean that I'm disobeying God? Not, not if you have a desire and you're seeking after God. I'm not worried about someone that doesn't have the Holy Ghost, but seeking after God. 
What concerns me is when I see folks that don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but they act like they could care less if they ever got the Holy Ghost. I believe that is a, I believe that's a misconception that we have concerning the baptism of the Holy Ghost and how important it is in our lives. And I want, I want to express that today. Young people and all those that are listening, you need to be actively seeking after the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I remember years ago at PFYC again, uh, Brother Brick Gabbert was preaching. What a phenomenal preacher oh, yeah. that he is. Boy, and he, a great he said this. I never forgot it, and I've repeated it since then. He said, too many people treat the Holy Ghost like he's optional equipment. Yes, sir. Like you buy some type, and I just thought like you buy some type of truck. Yeah, and you just illustrate you just optional. You know, you just just an accessory, just a new brush guard if you want one. Right. Just some new lights if you want one. But if you don't, you're all right. Yeah. You know, and and why would you want to not have right the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Jesus said it's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter cannot come. It's you to think, your advantage. Yes, that, and 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 if it's expedient, if it's necessary for him to go away so that he can come, then then we need him in our lives. Why wouldn't in an age and I, we may say a little bit more about this, but in an age of 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 all this spiritual warfare that's going on, and that's really what what we're we're up against. We are engaged in spiritual warfare in this generation, like. Well, I won't. I don't want to say like never before because every generation has had yeah. its battles. Okay, right. but when you live in a, in in this age as we're getting closer to the coming of the Lord, the spirit of Antichrist is much more powerful in our culture and society than it's ever been in the American culture. You see the the powers of hell that are just in, on a rampage in our society with all the different cultural issues that we're dealing with. Why in the world would you not want the Holy Ghost? Somebody asked one time, do you have to have the Holy Ghost to go to heaven? And an old timer answered, I wouldn't want to go to Walmart without the Holy Ghost. You know what I mean? And that's so we, we need that. It's, a, it's really a necessity. It's not just a command, but it's a necessity in our lives because we've got work to do. We're not just called. We're not just saved to sit on a pew the rest of our lives. God saved us to be an ambassador for Christ, to work in his kingdom, to labor for the Lord. And the greatest power and source of power for the Christian service is the baptism of the Holy Ghost working in our lives. The chief purpose and need for the baptism of the Holy Ghost is that the believer might have power for Christian service. He said, you'll receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses Unto me, both in Jerusalem, that's 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 right there at home. Judea, that's kind of like the county. Amen. Samaria, that's that's that that's the part of the other side of the tracks that we don't really want to <laughs> get our hands dirty with. And then to the uttermost parts of the world. And so we see that that the promise of the Holy Ghost and the power is 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 directly related to. Our service for the Lord. Jesus was anointed to do what he did by the power right. of the Holy Ghost. And we see that in several yeah. different cases in scriptures. In the, he in hath the anointed me to preach the gospel. Right. Yeah. He quoted Isaiah in Luke chapter 4 and said, I've, he, I've anointed. He's, the Lord is upon me and hath anointed me. If Christ operated under that anointing, which that was without measure, 
I tell you what, I want that anointing in my life because I right. see in the realm of service that I'm laboring in that these needs and these situations that I contend with, they're far greater than I am. Brother, I don't have the strength and the ability and the wisdom. I need the power of the Holy Brother Ghost. Brother Kevin Lloyd one time, he said, I remember him, <clears throat> him saying, he said, if the first body of Christ working as a man waited on the power of the Holy Ghost oh, to work, yes, so then good. how much more do we now, the body of Christ, oh, yes. need the power of the Holy Ghost? Oh, that's exactly right. We, we are useless and powerless in our own selves. Anything that's done for the kingdom of God, it's going to take the power of the Holy Ghost working in us. And, and so we, we recognize that we have to have that power for, for, for spiritual service. We also need the power of the Holy Ghost for that spiritual warfare that I mentioned. We are engaged in spiritual warfare, and the only way we're going to win the victory in the spiritual warfare that we're in is through the Spirit and the power of God. Remember what Paul wrote to the Ephesians? He said, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Right. The enemy, the greatest enemy we have is not, not the preacher behind the pulpit. It's not somebody that sits down the pew from us. If we think that that's who our real enemy is, then, then we're, 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 we're looking in the wrong direction. We've got to recognize that we're fighting a spiritual warfare. It's not flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, right. against the rulers of the darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. But, but Paul wrote to the Corinthians and said this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war in the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are yes, not carnal, but mighty. but mighty through God to the pulling down of strong, casting down. I love that terminology, casting down imaginations. We, I have this in my mind when I read that. We strongholds. We think something of something the devil's built up in somebody's life, but the power of God that casts down those strongholds. I want to tell you something. That's only by the power of the Holy Ghost, right. and that's why we need the Spirit of God in our lives. If you're struggling today in your Christian experience, and it seems like the temptations of the world and the flesh are constantly getting the upper hand in your life. If you could somehow, some way, just dedicate yourself to God and pray until you get full of the Holy Ghost, He will cause you to overcome and triumph over all the powers of the enemy. I'm glad for that, Brother Austin. Yes, we definitely need to pray through to the Holy Ghost. And if it, battling things in life, the devil's fighting just everybody. He's always fought everybody. Oh, yes, sir. But he's yes. fighting everybody something terribly. But one thing. Um, right here, I guess, as we're wrapping this first episode up, is one thing that God has dealt with me personally is that word full. Yes, sir. Being full of the Holy Ghost. Because it's so easy. You know, a lot of us are church folks. We get up and we're like, hey, testify. And you're like, we try to beat the world record. I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, try to beat the world record. Who can say it the fast? Check, yeah, check, check. We check the three out for the disclaimer at the end of a commercial. You know? Yeah. <laughs> But but the thing is, if you know when, when this is say you know if 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 it's the month of September or if it's the month of October and you've not spoken tongues since youth camp in June, 
how can you really get up and say, I'm full of the Holy Ghost? Oh, yes. So yes. That, that opens up a topic there. But we are to pray through right. to the Holy Ghost. But the Holy Ghost is not just somebody you're trying to reach out just when you when you need something. Right. You're not just trying to reach out to speak in tongues like, oh, I'm just, I'm just battling the devil. But the Holy Ghost is an experience that as a father and as a, as a husband and as a preacher and as an evangelist, things that I have to pray for in my family, I need the Holy Ghost every day. Oh, yes, sir. I don't ever, I mean, it, it bothers me. I don't hardly ever, and I, 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 this is going to sound boastful, and I really don't mean it that way, but I always want to get in prayer and if I've not spoken tongues yet, I'm I'm gonna double down and get yes. you know what I mean? Yes, sir. Because we want to get in prayer and that's when prayer, prayer the power of prayer. Right. That's why I, it, it's mind blowing to think other denominations that don't believe in the Holy Ghost. Right. And I'm just like, how do you get a message? You know, <laughs> how do you get up and preach? And some of these guys got good material, but the anointing. Yes, you know, sir. and I mean, you can get up. How many times, you know, I've got up and there's like no material, no content, but the Holy Ghost gets in it. You know, oh yes, and sir. the service is amazing because it's all about Him. Yes, it's sir. not in us. It's not in my little message I put together. That message ain't nothing. It could be some of the best material there is, right? But that message ain't nothing right. without the anointing yes, of sir. the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost every day, oh, yes, and sir. to feel that power. To feel that power in prayer when you're, I was praying about something just the other night, and when the Holy Ghost gets all over you, you can feel them prayers just bombarding heaven. You oh, can yes. feel it because of the Holy Ghost. Yes, you're 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 hitting on the next on the next uh, oh, section sorry. pretty good right there. I know that's fine, but uh, one thing just in closing that that uh, I've heard all my life, brother. Brother Ralph Cook was a converted Catholic that saw a vision of a church worshiping in a Pentecostal manner, and he set out to start a church, and he did. Bethel Chapel Pentecostal Church in Granite City has been there over 100 years now, and he taught his young people. His, one of his protégés, the young people that come out from underneath him, was Brother George Brim. That's Brother David Brim, Brother Tim Brim's dad. He was my youth leader, and he said Brother Cook taught him as a young man Speaking, pray until you speak in tongues every day. If you'll do that, you'll never backslide. Yep. Because you can't backslide full of the Holy Ghost. And so that's what we're going to talk about the next time. We're going to talk about the evidence of the baptism. The evidence of the baptism. That's my pastors preached that many, many times. You uh, cannot backslide full of the Holy Ghost. Oh, that's exactly right. Yep. You can't do it. Yes, I tell you what, I enjoyed. I enjoy you coming on the podcast today, and everybody, stay tuned till next week. Oh, yeah, I look forward to it. The Holy Ghost Explained next week. Is the evidence. The, the Holy, Holy Ghost, Ghost evidence. evidence. Yes, sir. Stay tuned. We appreciate you. Right, God Come bless back. You.